Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ink Differently, the Sawgrass podcast. We are going to be talking to users who have taken Sawgrass and made it a success for their business. Joining me today is DJ. DJ, welcome to the show. Hi, Megan. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on, you know, because we have talked before. You have been one of our case studies for Go Expression. Uh, your your case study is actually on our website at sawgrassinc.com. But I, uh, I'm really happy that even though we've talked before, you were still willing to come back and chat with me again. Oh, you guys are fun over there. <laughs> Thank you. We, we love talking to you, uh, especially because you're one of our customers who keeps coming back and letting us know about the successes that you are having. Uh, you and I have chatted quite a few times, and I'll, I'll get into that as we kind of keep going here. Uh, but I, I always love getting an email from you, hearing about the, the latest thing that you've done for your business. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, you, like I said, we, we talked about you for Go Expression, but that's not the only business that you have. You are a super entrepreneur, if you will. Can you talk a little bit about the, the businesses that you have going when it pertains to Sawgrass? Yes, actually, I am a full-time freelance graphic designer, and I have a freelance design business. I have a book design business, and I have a promotional design business. And you still manage to sleep? uh, Sometimes. (laughs) It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, more importantly, you still manage to talk to us when I ask if you'll come on. Yes, I do. I like to pencil you guys in. (laughs) Thank you. So, so you have a freelance design business because you do have a background in design. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that background? How long you were a designer for? What type of company you're working for? Well, I've been a graphic designer longer than I care to discuss. <laughs> but, uh, I started uh, right out of high school many, many moons ago in a screen printing business that... I did quality control, which is basically sitting behind a big hot dryer, waiting on the product to come off the dryer and make sure there aren't any pinholes or typos or anything on that product. And through that, I moved into different departments. I moved into the screen department where we took care of the screens and developed the screens. And then I moved into the art department. And back then there were no computers. Um, We basically had a overhead projector that we shot the artwork up onto the wall and we hung a sheet of ruby lith and we hand cut it and peeled it out and then we applied that to the bottom of the screen the silk screen and then that's what the printers would print from wow Um, and then they moved me into the art department so that i could basically create those designs that would go on the overhead and one day they came in there with a Macintosh computer and dropped it on the, the workbench and said, somebody figure it out. And because I was the youngest one in the department, and all the all the old timers were like, I'm not touching that thing. <laughs> and of course, there was a stack of books about nine inches high that went with it. Wow. And uh, we just, I just kind of took those books home and studied them and figured them out. And before long, we were printing out film so that we didn't have to hand draw everything anymore. That is amazing. I mean, you, you've really been using all these tools that designers use now. You, you got in on the ground level. 
Correct. We were using equipment that wasn't meant to be used for the graphic design industry. We were using uh, cam plotters to cut vinyl because somebody got the bright idea that they could stick a knife in it and make it cut instead of just draw. So <laughs> we were cutting vinyl for motorcycle helmets and it, it just kind of evolved over time. We were using, uh, back then we were using what they called Aldous Page Maker mm -hmm. and Illustrator 88 when it came on 12 wow. floppy disks. Floppy disks, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I remember those. No, there's no way you remember those. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember floppy disks. But very, like, a, small, a small section of my memory is dedicated to floppy disks. <laughs> So that, that is really interesting. So so then how did you go from screen printing world to the sublimation world? Because they're, they're cousins, more or less, but they're not the same. They are. Um, I went through a couple of different companies after I quit the screen printing business. And then I went to work for a promotional company that did trophies and plaques and awards. Mm-hmm. And that boss did kind of the same thing for, to me. He ran out to a trade show and that saw this sublimation and, oh, goodness, this is the latest, greatest thing and sawgrass. And all I heard, that's all I heard for like three weeks before it actually came <laughs> to the shop. And then he just kind of dropped it on my desk and said, here it is, figure it out. So I unboxed it. And you said deja vu. It, exactly. It was a huge machine. I'm not really even sure what you know, what brand, what, um, number it was or anything. Now I know you have the 800, the 500 the, and the thousand or whatever, but I don't even think it had a number on it. I think it was just a big industrial machine at the time. Interesting. I'm not even sure what one of the first sawgrass machines was, but it, it had a spindle on the back. It didn't have the tray, but it had a spindle on the back that you loaded up the paper and then the paper came out, you know, feed, we would feed the paper out the front as it printed so that was probably I, i'd have to say 12 15 years ago i'm not real sure mm -hmm. the timeline at this point okay when you're my age the days all run together <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting to feel the same way <laughs> so so then you go from you know working with these other companies and i don't i don't mean to date you again i know you, you We've kind of already done that today, uh, but we, we did talk about this when we talked about our case study, is you, you finally get a chance to retire. You're thinking, oh, the sublimation, this seems like fun. Maybe I'll do it as a side business and a hobby. And you got a little bit more than you bargained for when you got the sawgrass. I did. I actually bought the printer because my daughter is always into something. She's either doing a road race or she's doing something for the kids. She's a pediatrician. She's doing nice. some sort of an event and she needs a t-shirt for this or she needs a dozen shirts for that or whatever. So we were, oh, excuse me, we were trying to help her out with those things because I was always doing the design and then I was going to some of my vendors and some of my clients and saying, can you do this for me? And they're like, no, I can't do 10 shirts or no, I can't do a dozen shirts. I can only do a hundred shirts. And I'm like, but I don't need a hundred shirts. Right. <laughs> so, and most of her racing uh, stuff is high performance, which lends to sublimation very nicely. Sure. 
So we decided that we would just go ahead and buy a large, you know, buy a printer. And when we started doing the research, and of course, Sawgrass was my go-to. But then, you know, there are a lot of other options out there that you can kind of rig up yourself. And I'm like, I really don't want to go that route. I want to go with somebody that I trust and somebody that I know and I'm familiar with. I know the products. I know the the support system. I, that's who I really want to go with. So awesome. instead of spending $500 to rig something together, we went ahead and spent the money and got the Sawgrass because I know it. I know the warranties on it. I know that it's a good product. So that's kind of, so I kind of got it in and thought, oh, well, I'll just do this stuff for her. And it just bloomed out of there. So I decided when, after my first or second customer, you know, inquired about, can I do this or can I do that? I was like, oh, this might be something that we can offer our local clients that can't get 10 shirts for an event or can't get a rush order of coffee mugs or can't get, you know, the things that have to come from China. You know? Right, right. So, so, so it just kind of bloomed from there, and it just kind of took off like wildfire. And now I get, you know, very little of anything else done at this point. <laughs> well, one of the things that you know, as I said earlier, you and I we kind of have a correspondence going, and we'll we'll email from time to time. And you had sent me an email a few months ago asking me. Oh, hey, how are things? When will my case study be on the website? Oh, hey, by the way, I just sold 300 masks. Correct. For one order. Yes, that was one of our first large orders. And after that, it just bloomed. That was for the city of, you know, the city that I live in for the mayor's office. They had an event going. And as soon as those masks went out, I started getting calls from the breast cancer awareness people i started getting calls from a lot of the larger companies that were sponsoring that event saying oh well can you do masks for my company Mm -hmm. so i'm like heck yeah (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so so let's back up for a second because you you're you're talking about business coming to you you're not even so what are you doing to attract these people or some business initially because you're at the point where you've done your legwork and now the people are coming to you. So what were you doing to attract customers off the bat? Well, I have a very large client base anyway of printers, offset printers, screen printers, um, promotional companies. Uh, Also, I have associations with the mayor's office and the city of that I live in because I do designs for them. So once I decided that, okay, well, this is not going to be some simple little thing that I can do just for my kid, (laughs) I decided that I would send out a flyer and let all these people know that we can offer small quantity, fast turnaround on sublimation products. And I gave them kind of a list of the things that we do, face masks, t-shirts, coffee mugs, um, you know, I just kind of put together five or 10 items that were actually on the Sawgrass system that I knew that I could get quickly, that I had templates for, that I could go ahead and, and, you know, dish out quickly. So I went ahead and did that. And I figured if I did get anything from out of town, I could run it through the exchange. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you're almost your, your own exchange in your community because all these other businesses who maybe do larger quantities of of sublimation screen printing are going through you to fulfill orders for them 
Correct. That they can't do. So you're so you you're like your own mini exchange, and then you're possibly using our exchange. You get your own customers. You you have way too much going on. Wait, <laughs> true, and I'm still a full-time book designer, also. A book designer. Well, that's a whole other conversation we have to have later, DJ. <laughs> it is. Um. So, so you you hand out this flyer. You have a client base that you send this flyer to. They use you. They refer you to other people. Uh. So you're you're not really knocking on doors. You're not making phone calls. You, you've sent this out online. So you you seem to do a lot of your business online. I do a tremendous amount of my business online now. Now I came from the the generation where it was four wall marketing. You got in those four walls and you marketed to those people and you talked to people face to face. And now you try to get an appointment with somebody. It's like, oh, can you send me an email? Right. Some sure i can send you an email <laughs> you know? so do a mailchimp i have a mailchimp where i send constant emails to my regular client base and then i show some job that we've done or something that we're working on like we just started doing uh baby beanies for one of the hospitals oh wow so what we do is we buy the little white beanies blank bulk and we, I contacted the, after we did our first order, I contacted all the hospitals and I said, we can do these really cute customized pink and blue beanies. So what they do now is they call us twice a week and give us the, the baby names and we customize the beanies for the newborns so that they have the beanies to go home. I love it. I <laughs> So it has the hospital it. logo on the back and the baby's name and the cute little whatever if it's a boy i think we have a dolphin on it and if it's a girl i think we have a teddy on it or something I, so it's kind of a stock thing it's stock artwork but then we just customize it with the baby's name on top wow that is i i love that idea so what so what is your general turnaround time for orders it's it's generally about 24 hours wow i mean you you must have your heat press and your printer just going and going and going constantly we actually have two heat presses now oh wow um, and i'm considering getting a larger sublimation machine <laughs> you uh, and i've talked about that <laughs> yes we have <laughs> um but uh, yeah actually we have two heat presses and i'm getting ready to order a 16 by 20 because i have a small one that i originally had and then I have a 15 by 15, but some of these larger things like um, now I'm getting, because we're doing the baby beanies, now they're looking for baby blankets and smottles. Oh, wow. Now, what, which printers do you have? Do you have an 800? I have the Sawgrass 800, yes. That's what I thought. And you only have one? Yes. Gotcha. Okay, so that's, that's a lot of work that that one printer is is, is putting out. I would say that it's consistently printing I would have to say maybe three to five hours a day. Wow. Because what I do is I stack, I, I load everything up and I go and I print a bunch of stuff and then we heat press a bunch of stuff and then we go back and print a bunch more. So I'll do like maybe 20, 25 prints at a time and then I'll set up the next job to go ahead and print out while I'm heat pressing the job for it. So I, I do have a question. Can we, can we talk about packaging for a second? Because you clearly have your a very distinct business, one that people 
have a very high opinion of, one that people rely on, but it's not a lot of direct to consumer. You seem to be going a lot of direct to organizations who then pass it along to consumers. So do you have sure. a nice uh, rowdy ink packaging or? We, we do, we use a plain package and then we use a decal or a business card to put inside. Like on our masks, we use a cellophane packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, we take it out of the original package and we use our own cellophane packaging. And then we have a care, care and feeding instruction that goes in it. You know, please wash your mask before you use. It's, you know, COVID, you know, the co- the little COVID thing, the little COVID disclaimer that, you know, this is not an N95 mask. Use it cautiously, you know, that type of thing. Um, we also do a lot of gators now. So we tell people these are not COVID compliant at all. Mm -hmm. Gators are not COVID compliant. Mm -hmm. It would be best if you wear a mask under it. So we have our logo on it and we have the information and then we have our website. Now, we also do uh, blind packaging for our clients, like our printing clients who are using us as a vendor. So kind of like a a Go Expression and a Go Exchange. So when... And I think this is something that a lot of people who are on the exchange or who are store owners in Go Expression might be interested in hearing about because when we first released this, there was a lot of question of, well, you know, when the packaging come, goes out, whose name is on it? Or, you know, will people know it's my shop? Or will people, will people on Go Exchange try to steal my client with their own packaging? So you, you're doing this from a Go Exchange perspective you're fulfilling orders for somebody else so can you go into a little bit how you do that blind packaging because i think people will be interested to hear about that well we just don't add any of our branding to it like when i do masks for the city my logo is on the back of every mask Mm -hmm. so when that mask drops or somebody picks up that mask they know that i did the mask because it's a tiny little logo on the back with our website Oh, we nice. actually print the back of the masks. Okay. But when I send a, a job out to a client of a client, there's no branding on the box. The, the stuff goes directly from me to that client or me to that vendor. Gotcha. Very, no, very interesting. Um, and that must also give your, you know, the, the client that you're working with um a level of confidence as well. I mean, you're Correct. you're taking the go exchange, go expression aspect, and you're doing it in real life, just in a different way. Can you speak Correct. to how you can have this working relationship with mutual tr- trust with the people you're working alongside? Well, I think you just have to be an honest, you know, an honest competitor. I mean, I deal with people that if there's something I can't do. I'll pass it on to someone else that I know and say, can you do this for me? And they trust in the fact, you know, I've built this trust in these relationships over many years. Mm -hmm. So I think you can't go out there and have it be, it's like I tell my students, artwork is, you know, art is for you, design is for them. I love that. If you do art, you, you put your name on it. It's yours. You are pr- proud of it and you take, you know, responsibility for it. But when you do design, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your client. So you have to understand 
that because that client doesn't like, maybe doesn't like something that you do, it's not personal. It's for them. It's not for you. That is a great point. And that's something I've never um, heard before. I don't have a design background personally. Uh, so I find that very interesting. I'm going to keep that logged away in the back of my mind for, for future for future <laughs> use. <laughs> uh, so you you do a lot of sales through clients. You, you have a working list of people. You have a, a local group of people that you work through. But I also know that you have a really nice website, one that you take a lot of pride in because when we talked last time, you were telling me about how you keep an eye on the analytics you make sure to switch artwork in and out so can you tell us a little bit about the how to properly upkeep your website what you're doing to make it appealing to the people who visit it well the best best advice i have is keep your site current don't stick it up there and just think people are going to come because they won't it's not like the field of dreams <laughs> think the internet is your field of dreams it is not you have to be consistent with it you have to consistently update it you have to advertise it you have to let people know that you're there they're not just going to come to you you have to do your analytics you have to you know make sure that your seo is up to date that your you know your search that's your search engine optimization for those who don't know that keeps you current and it keeps you at the top of the list so that when people come in and they they go in and they say, oh, I want sublimation masks and I want someone in my area, I'm going to be the first one up there because of the analytics and because of the advertising that I do on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on all these crazy outlets that people are going mad over, <laughs> you know, and I also keep my friends informed of what I'm doing because every one of those friends of yours works for someone. True. They know people who know people, so you just have to let them know without, you know, without being spammy and saying, oh, you know, oh, buy from me, buy from me. It's like, oh, gosh, we did just we just did this order for the city for 300 masks. They're hmm. excited for you. I'm oh, not sure. selling directly to them. I'm just informing them that we're doing this and they go, oh, well. I told my boss about your mass and he wants 25. I'm like, okay, cool. That's, and that's <laughs> yeah. a great way to spread the word. Exactly. So you have a printer, you have multiple heat presses. Obviously Correct. we were talking earlier about how you've gone through quite a bit of ink the past few months because of all the orders you're fulfilling. That means you've gone through a lot of paper, blank substrates, packaging, you you have a lot of upfront costs to and you and you pay for ads so to right. the average person they might take a look at all that and say it's just not worth it i don't want to put the investment in so what would you tell somebody about you know what you put into it and what you get out of it well you have to do what you're comfortable with you know you have to do what your goal for this business is if you want to be in the sublimation business, then yes, you have to invest in it, but you don't have to dump a bunch of money into it up front. Um, you buy a, you buy good equipment. The, be the best advice I can give someone starting out is learn the craft before you do anything. 
mm-hmm. before you, you know, I, I'm, I'm a member of one of these sublimation groups on Facebook and I, I only do it because I try to help people out who are getting started. And I get these crazy questions all the time. They'll, they'll IM me and go, well, if I buy a printer and I do this or I do that and da, 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 and I'm like, you know, learn the craft, go to YouTube. There is so much free information out there. There Learn your craft first. If you want to play, then play. But if you want to do a business, you have to be serious and you have to move forward with it. And yes, it takes some expense, but if you're going to sell 300 masks, you have to buy 300 masks. You have to buy 300 sheets of paper. You have to buy ink. You have to maintain your equipment. You you can't just, you know, I, I get questions. Like, oh, well, how much should I charge for a shirt? And I see $25. There's no way I'm selling a shirt for $25. How much the people aren't for? buying shirts for $25 unless they're going to a, a KISS concert. <laughs> So if you're in it to to do $25 t-shirts then and you have a market for that, I'm more than happy for you. But I'm doing performance shirts basically for $5 an impression plus the cost of the shirt. Interesting. Because I don't have $5 in it. I know what my costs are. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say that it's pretty easy to make your money back as long as you're doing a good job oh definitely yes because you're you're gonna you know you can't just give the stuff away you've got to do you know in my in my business I do cost plus so I know exactly what my cost is on every job I know what my labor is going to be on every job and I know what my overhead is so therefore I can price the job accordingly and I'm making money on it and I'm not going out and blowing that money as soon as I make it, I'm moving <laughs> back into my business. But if I want something new or I need something, I have the money there to do it. And, and speaking of new things, I, I do want to ask before we go, what are your plans for the future? What, what are your plans with your business? Because it seems like you have a lot going on and to the average person, they may be scratching their heads saying, is there really any more room for her to grow? But I have a feeling with the way that you are that you've got your sights set even higher. Well, I'd like to do a lot more of the wholesale end of it. Um, I I like for somebody else to have to deal with the crazy client. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the person who wants to nitpick every little thing. You deal with that. I'll provide you what you need. So I'm, I'm I'm more leaning towards the wholesale end of it. And I can grow a lot with that because there aren't that many people, especially in my area, that are serious about their business and want to do what I do. So therefore, I'm like the only game in town at this point. Wow. That's pretty awesome for you. Yeah. So when my screen printer calls me and says, I need 10 shirts, can you do them by Wednesday and it's Monday evening? I'm like, sure, no problem. That's fantastic. And and I think the biggest key to this whole thing is don't say no. Okay. Uh, Yes, always say yes. And if you can't figure out how to do it, find somebody who can. But never say no. I love it. Because the first time you say no, they're going somewhere else. Now that makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, so before we go, is there anything else that you want to add? Anything that uh, people, any, any last bit of advice for people? Be honest, be open, and do a good job. Those are great last words. Thank you so much, DJ, for joining us. Uh, as everyone knows, as I said it earlier, sawgrassinc.com in the blogs post, you can read more about DJ's business, uh, the way that she's handling her Go Expression store uh, in our case study section. So be sure to go check that out. DJ, again, thank you for joining us. Everybody else, we will see you again next time. Bye. <laughs>